inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. And hello, good morning everybody. You're listening to Outlook here on Radio Western. Start of a new week and I'm Brian here in the studio and I have Carrie with me virtually again. Hello Carrie, how are you today? Hello. <laughs> there we go, we're doing this again in the, what was that, like three weeks ago I think we did that? Yeah, because last week we had Doug Lawler on. And no, he- I was in the studio last. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, last week you were here, and then a week before that we had a repeat with Victoria Francis, or not a repeat, a, a pre-record, and then the week before that um, I had you on with the, the virtual connection again. Um, we, did, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I was like, maybe one, one time, what if we just not gr- no. bring attention to the fact that I'm not there? I know, that's what my friend mentioned to me yesterday, actually, when I hung out with them, and I, I guess I'm just such a, I'm so authentic in life, like I just, I don't know, we talk often about certain things just feel kind of fake, but I think it's also just certain personalities are are different than others and for me it's just like I'm so authentic sometimes but I think that's fine but sometimes it almost can be a negative thing because sometimes you do you don't always have to point everything out to the listeners sometimes I think the old radio term I always used to like is called theater of the mind when you can't see what's happening your mind can kind of you know you never know what you might imagine so people like you say probably wouldn't necessarily even think of it if if I didn't say it but I don't know I just like I think it's neat we won't keep saying it if we keep doing this but it's just nice to have this option care I think and you know, it's not always as easy for you to get into town. You can't drive yet. You know, they don't have those self-driving cars perfected yet for blind people. So, um, yeah. so you're 45 I'm, minutes away uh, from. I'm waiting from, e- eagerly for those cars. Yeah, I think we all are, but I'm not. I'm not holding my breath because <laughs> who knows if there'll be a, a a real reality in our lifetime to be mainstream at that point yet. But um, they're in the works, I think. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, normally you're 45 minutes away, so normally coming in can. Isn't always uh, as easy, so it's great that we have this option. And um, I just want to mention also on the top, you know me, care with numbers, that uh, this is episode 170 of the show. So we're catching or creeping up to episode 200. I don't think we're going to hit 200 shows this year, but early in 2023, we'll hit our 200th episode. So coming well, along, yeah, we're we're approaching approaching our our four year mark for this show uh, next month but yeah it's not going to be hitting 200 for that too bad yeah not quite but, uh, yeah so it's just the two of us in today care we have uh, what we call a mixed bag episode yeah lots going on and we haven't really done one of these in a while because technically last month we try to do about one a month but last month uh, we did a disability pride episode with July being Disability Pride Month, and it's a whole topic whether you know you think that's a should be a thing or not, or if that makes sense to you, whether you have a disability or whatever. But um, that that was taking the place of our mixed bag last month, so we haven't done one in a while, and so a lot's happened. Yeah, I guess that and in the world that was kind of a mixed bag, but not really because it was very focused on the disability pride. And today we do have um, something specific we are going to be talking about. Definitely uh, in the second half, we actually have a a special promo to play that uh, was sent to us that we're very happy to promote. So we'll get into that in the second half. Um, but I thought, yeah, this first half we should keep maybe a little more casual and just catch up on what we've both been up to the last 
few weeks. Um, so what about you, Care? Uh, you actually were you were reading uh, something last night at an event? Yeah, I mean, I I, I joked because I I didn't have you there, so I was like, if you want, if you missed it and you wanted to hear it, I could have always just recited it again today on the show. But I I I don't have it here, so I'm I know you'd mentioned that. that, and then I didn't I didn't kind of jump on that idea. So I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't. I'm not opposed to you re- to reading on the show, but maybe you're it's too on the spot now to. Well, we have a lot True, of other yeah. things to talk about, um, but. I mean, maybe I could release it as a ketchup on pancakes. That was our podcast. You and I did uh, pre-Outlook that we, re- we aren't releasing very often, but that's more casual family humor. Uh, yeah, we're due creativity. to do another one of those episodes because we've done, I think, just one wrapping up 2021 at the beginning of this year. But I think that's the only one we've done in a while. So, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. we could put it on there. But I don't know. Do you want to just talk briefly about that? Is that, is that the final event? Because is that the same one I went to uh, a few months ago where you it was about water? Is that connected or well, no? Sh- kind of sounded yeah, similar. She's holding a, a, um, a bunch of these. So she asked me to read it this one last night. And uh, this one was sort of elemental writing is what she's calling it. And it's it's sort of a cross section between writing and opening up, um, going deeper as a writer and, and sort of connecting that with the natural world to sort of help you connect with the earth because it sometimes helps you uh, open up and that can only be good as a writer. So she's been focusing on earth. And so I, I told a bit of a story about my backyard here. It's uh, I'm in, in town, but I have a bit of an oasis in my backyard. I got more of a yard than I, I know I'm lucky to have that. A lot of people don't have such a, such a nice spot out back. And so I wrote about these plants I've been taking care of this summer, my kale plant and my plants and my cherry tomato plants. And uh, this, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of people are sort of growing their own food, you know, with prices and and food prices and inflation and all that stuff. So, so that was what it was about. Yeah. Now the one I saw or I listened to, I guess I didn't, didn't see it. I listened to the one a couple of months ago, or I can't remember that was a few months ago now, but you, when you spoke about water and, and the other, another element, and you were talking about our backyard growing up out in the country and, and some, uh, some nice imagery there. And, and, uh, it was just a really great uh, piece. So I don't know if you'll ever release those, but just to mention to our listeners again, that Carrie is definitely a, a very, uh, you know, incredible writer and, you know, tells very detailed, uh, stories and her writing is just really great. So check it out sometime. I don't know how much is available for our listeners to find, but, um, but yeah, it sounded uh, like an interesting, interesting workshop you were part of. And that didn't, that had no ties to disability specifically, did it? No. Okay. And that's I, what I like it, right? Like right. This, episode, this show is all about disability and, and that's a part of me for sure. And it is, it comes through in my writing, but I don't, you know, I like to be involved in, in other projects and groups. And I've done a lot of writing sort of classes this year and it's, we're going to talk about it sometime today on the show because it's certain things that happened during the pandemic. We're starting to see the, those things receding a bit. And one of them is I know everybody gets Zoom fatigue, but it is a good option to continue to have. It's not going to be the only thing. We're going to go b- back more in person for sure uh, now, but it's good to still have it. So because it, it allows me to become to join a group like this with a, a instructor who I met at a writing workshop in Mexico and she lives on the West coast in the U S and I wouldn't be able to attend her writing classes all the time if it weren't for these options. So, you know, 
it's great to have that and it's just nice to be able to connect with other writers and hear their their you know lived experiences of life and hear their stories and be able to share mine with people who I wouldn't have met otherwise well we talk often on the show about extremes and again I think it is one of these things where people kind of and I think we're all we're all guilty of it at some point where we get obsessed with something or we really get excited about something and we kind of overdo it and then we get fatigued and it's like oh we have to totally move on from this or we can't be using this it's like you're going to get fatigued people got fatigued from traveling to and from work all the time and spending so much time traveling so every every option out there generally has some some positive and negative qualities and I think it's just realizing that somewhere in between is sometimes the, is the way to go it doesn't mean you have to get rid of Zoom if you're getting fatigued yes. from it but you have to have a mix of, of, of options because it does, like you say, it allows for these connections and everyone's realizing that. So I think even though some people who are, you know, it's easy to kind of get stuck in old ways and want to go back to it. Once you do make a change, it, it's never going to totally reverse because it's already had enough of an impact. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's definitely something to keep talking about and just make aware that these, these options are great to have for people. Um, like you say, you that, you know, it's all, it's always a challenge, a bit more of a challenge for us us traveling when you can't see and you have to do a bit more planning but then you know you also deal with chronic pain so that's another thing that going out to big events and stuff is more exhausting so it's just great well yeah I, I get tired I'm, I'm worn out by the time I get somewhere sometimes depending on what kind of travel I, that it requires and then I'm too tired to enjoy the actual event and too fatigued and, and I might be you know in pain or not feeling well so this just allows me to be able to rest right up to the moment and then you know make sure I'm obviously <laughs> dressed when I get in front of the camera if my camera's going to be on you know a lot of people had those zoom mishaps over the pandemic I don't think I had those but you know stuff like that can happen if you're too comfortable in your home and it's good to get out, of course. It just depends on the day and what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that's great that you uh, you did that last night. And I wish I could have been there, but I ended up ended up going out yesterday for a little bit with a good friend of mine that I've had since kindergarten, I guess, and another friend of ours who uh, is from Mexico and actually came to London here to Fanshawe to take music industry arts. My friend uh, who took that same program after I did uh, met him there and. Uh, He's actually moving to Montreal, got a job there, um, our friend from Mexico. So we met up for coffee yesterday to to hang out once more before he heads off next weekend. And um, so and I was out- Did you get something to eat? You were- yeah, not much actually. I, I Actually, you'll like this. Uh, so I went to uh, Black Walnut here in London. Um, nice uh, local coffee shop. There's actually two locations, one in, in Wortley Village, but we went to the one at Oxford and Richmond. Um, yeah, so we got coffees and then I, yeah, I got this, uh, I had a, um, cookie score bar or something like that it was called mm-hmm. so it was a score mixed with cookie and it was pretty pretty dense pretty rich but it went well with with a coffee um, so I was out doing that and then I got so, home and I I made uh, I made my vegan stew that I make sometimes I'm not I'm not actually vegan um, necessarily but it's a good recipe I got a few years back and I uh, make it from time to time so I was cooking a meal last night and that's another thing care we talk about on this show occasionally about cooking where it's I don't know. I don't. I don't mind cooking, but it is a lot of work. Especially I live on my own, so it's just I do have a bunch of dishes at home. I got to do when I get home today, and it's um, <laughs> the vegan stew one's a pretty quick one to, to make because I don't have to thaw out meat or anything in advance. So it's kind of a nice sort of spur of the moment thing to make, and it takes takes me about an hour to chop up onion and garlic and sweet potato and a tomato, and uh, I make some rice with it and a can of lentils in there. And uh, oh, actually, one mishap I could mention is. Uh, I'm not always the best at 
I think we've had people talk a bit on this show about brailing things in their kitchen and organizing things. I've never been the best with that with cans, and I try to keep them in some sort of an order. Um, but yesterday, I was like, I'm pretty sure these are lentils on this shelf. So I opened the can, but it was uh, it was beans, which I might use for chili. So I was like, oh, darn. So <laughs> I put them in the fridge for now, and I'll have to freeze them or use them soon. But it was just I one of those times to... again, because it's like, ah, I should have known. Or there's these, these services we always talk about, like Be My Eyes, where you can quick call someone to a uh, sighted volunteer who can quick look and tell you what what can is what. But, you know, I just thought I had the right one and no go. But then I did find the right one and still opened it and made my stew. But So you got it on the second try? <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew, I knew that it was on that shelf. I just... I have a weird method of, so my shelves, I put on the top shelf the chickpeas because they start with a C and then lentils I put on the shelf below to keep things in alphabetical order because that's L. Um, but <laughs> I guess I had some beans on there too. Beans should have been up with the chickpeas. <laughs> I guess, but then I would have got them mixed up, which I guess wouldn't be the worst well, mix up. They're kind of similar. Lentils, I mean, they're all sort of similar things, but not quite. Like I wasn't in the mood for beans too last night, so. <laughs> but uh, Black bean something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was well, my adventures yesterday and then I didn't get the link in time for your your speaking engagement, unfortunately. Um but like you say, you can read it sometime. Maybe even on Outlook. We'll see if we have a day where we don't have where it's more casual. We're kind of trying to keep today casual too cuz it's hard to believe care. It's already the middle of August here. I know, and it's uh, apparently it's Acadian Day here in Canada. Were you aware? No, I can't say I was, but uh, it's good good to know. Well, yeah, I wasn't either. So if if you know, go read up on it after the show because it's not really something I can speak to. But you know, it's an important cultural part of Canada. So yeah, but yeah, no, we wanted to keep it casual today because well, we try, but there's a lot of serious well, things going on. We always in get the world into serious I... things. That's why we said for the second half, we definitely have this. But it's not it's not that serious. It's more of a discussion, but. Um, well, no, I have more serious stuff I could get into oh, than that. Well, That's not considered even serious. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so. <laughs> I just mean, as I said, a lot of things have happened in the world since we did a last mix bag where we just talked. And, you know, a few of them, of course, is in the States that, you know, Roe versus Wade was, that ruling was reversed from 1973. So in my lifetime, the U.S. has always had you know, I always had legal abortion and then I didn't know much about it in Canada. And so until this happens, then of course something in the States gets me to research what the situation that, is in Canada. And again, that seems to be a lot of the the issues with Canada here where I think we often feel like, or in the past, it's sometimes kind of come across as, oh, Canada's, you know, so different and we're so agreeable and we're so nice and all these things. But it's because we are just so spread out and our population is much smaller than the U.S. that things generally do happen in the U.S. and then it's like, oh, our services aren't quite the same here the way they're managed. We don't have quite the same worries as far as it's being based off of case law like in the U.S. necessarily, but still, like, we don't know that much about our system here generally and a lot of people that are in remote areas have trouble um, with with, uh, with this stuff, like getting to an abortion clinics and these types of things. So, you know, it just it does uncover things in our country that sometimes I think we just try to you know, brush under the rug a bit and uh, it's it's tough. We shouldn't have to wait for the U.S. to, to bring things up for us to have to talk, start talking about them, but... No, and we're just, we sort of re- reside in their shadow, kind of, I think. Yeah. But I didn't realize, yeah, that abortion wasn't, well, it wasn't, our system, as you said, is different here and I'm not... Yeah, I'm still trying I'm to still, understand it myself. 
but when I was born in 1984, and um, even you, I think it was 1988, and I forget the man's name right now who sort of pushed it all through, but it was one of these situations where certain places that you, women have had to go in front of a, like a board of people and, and explain why they need an abortion, why they're seeking one. And then the board decides, is it a, is it a reasonable request? Do you need it for a good reason? There's that, so that word reasonable. Kind of, That's a big word in law that, you know, when I was studying, uh, music and arts at Fancha and they talked about that, like just those certain words that are often used in these things that are very you know, they're not very certain. A lot of them are within due cause or whatever the wordings are sometimes where it's like, how do you actually, and that's the thing about laws and, and, and all of these things in these cases is it, you know, they're not simple and that's why it is such a process, but it just, sometimes it does feel like it's too, these things aren't simple. So you can't just have this, I don't know. It's a, I don't even quite know what I'm saying at this point, but it's, it's well, so tricky. It's great. I, I mean, I was, there've been a lot of things that I've been listening to about abortion since the Roe versus Wade thing in June. And one of them is a podcast by Katie Couric. She's, she was on the Today Show for many years. She's a journalist. She has a podcast. She had a, a series of podcasts. I think there were six or seven of them called Abortion, the Body Politic. And she didn't just exp- explore the situation in the U.S. She explored it in South America and Mexico. And now Mexico has, you know, less restrictive laws than the US. Uh, they just recently went the other way. So a lot of countries are going one way and the US seems to be going the other, backwards. Um, but it was a great you know, series to learn about podca- uh, po- podcasts. We're gonna talk about podcasting in the second half um, about abortion in different places around the world. And yeah, so that, that was great. And uh, you know, I wanted to talk about it in general because I've been nervous lately about the healthcare system and all the strain it's under here in Canada. And as you said, Brian, you know, abortion was not equal for everybody anyways. Same thing with healthcare. There's a lot of inequality in healthcare. And you and I have gone on about it in the, during the pandemic, obviously about how glad we are are to have science. and, And we, you know, we went ahead and got our vaccines as transplant patients, but it's not always as equal for everybody. And that's something our, um, we're going to feature him in the second half. His name's Thomas Reed. He he mentions too about healthcare in the U.S. You know the inequality there for you know people of different races and different economic socioeconomic status. And so yeah, it, you know it, it's it makes me nervous that Canada is struggling with that all across the country. You know, nursing staffing issues and but specifically in Ontario that we're under a lot of strain and the pandemic just made it worse, but it was already happening. And since I was in the hospital a lot in the late nineties, you've been in the hospital a lot in the two thousands. So I just, I have family members and myself that could be needing medical care in the future again. And I don't want us to be depleting everything. And sometimes it just feels like our current Ontario government is just sort of arrogantly putting their head in the sand and being like, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's not that big a deal. Quit worrying. And I don't want to be panicking. I, I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, worrying needlessly, but uh, I just wish that some of these politicians would listen and whoever voted Ford back in this last time, it's just, I don't Yeah. Know. I mean, and that's why the, the big part is to just, and again, I know it's not always the, and we talk about this often, I mean, you have these long talks and what are we accomplishing? But talking about this is the first step. And I think it is being talked about more and more and more every day in the media. Actually, I didn't catch uh, much of it, but I was reading about that show cross-country checkup on CBC yesterday. 
that was the one topic was healthcare and people were calling in yeah, across Canada. I listened. Um, and it is, it is just being talked about so much that eventually politicians can't keep ignoring it. And they, they, you know, again, they're never the, it's not always overnight and things don't necessarily happen the way we want, but this isn't just going to magically go away. Unfortunately, it's not just going to solve itself. So it's going to keep getting talked about and hopefully things do change, but I definitely, I get your concern. And I also understand that even during the pandemic, like looking back, there were certain things I said at certain times when people online were debating all this COVID stuff and some people, you know, were asking online. And then I think at least once I said something about check with your doctor. And then I realized like, you know, they talk about a lot of people don't have a family. I don't have a family doctor. How many people actually have a doctor they can trust? And then, yeah, people that do have different, um, you know, from different race and, and indigenous people and these people that have been, haven't necessarily been treated the best in the, in that medical system, you know, they're not going to have trust in it. So it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole major thing, but at the same point, we can't also be too angry about the health system because then we're just not being appreciative of the people that are there that are just, you know, trying to help. And, you know, a lot of it's beyond their control too. And, and we do have to realize that these people still are, you know, very important and we can't be, you know, angry at them because of COVID or any of these things, you know, it's, we're all just trying to, to get by here and get through. And it's, it is one of these things that you say, people don't want to think about it. It's like so many topics that we just don't want to talk about health. We want to, it's like so many things in the world. We want to act once it happens. We want to, you know, react in the moment, not be proactive when really we got to be thinking of the long term and, and how this is going to affect everyone. And, you know, again, for you and I being white and, and having that privilege and being very specialized with the kidney stuff, it's not those things that are the main issues right now. It's these, sur- it's these surgeries and 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 procedures that are important but aren't necessarily urgent that get held back, and then everything just builds and builds and builds. And it's, it is a it wow. is a frustrating thing, and I think it is definitely important to talk about on any show, but especially on our show where we talk so much about equality and and accessibility and. Well, yeah, and it's just, there was a doctor on the show yesterday you talked about there and talking about how other countries have great healthcare systems in Europe and, you know, Germany and France and certain Israel and places that have, they have universal care, but they also have some other private options. Yeah, they were talking about, someone was mentioning that this morning from, uh, I think they were talking about Australia too, where they have that Mm -hmm. same thing where it's universal, but there is certain paid options. And again, again, I don't know enough about this stuff, Mm -hmm. how that works. But again, it is to show that, you know, people that have the means to help should be hopefully contributing to healthcare and 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 giving money towards that area. Whereas, so that people that don't have these options, instead of just thinking so much about me, 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 and I need this, it's like, what do other people need sometimes? And I think even in the pandemic, I was thinking a lot about me and I definitely had, like both of us had that extra care being already in the, in um, with the, the kidney doctors that we've had for years and, and having that in. Whereas if you're just an immigrant or if you're new, like there's so many things I can't imagine necessarily what it would be like. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's like every area where we can't really speak. You can't really, you don't know what situations people are coming from. So it's, you know. Well, one of the other things in the news today is that speaking of immigrants and things and inequalities is t- today is one year it's the anniversary or august 15th one year since the taliban took over afghanistan again right and the, right. the u.s pulled out you know in a rush and and there's a whole bunch of debate about you know who did what and what they should have done differently and because it, it did create a panic and then the taliban gets in and they swear they're, they're not going to make things you know they're not going to make things unlivable for women they're going to 
but as the years gone by, they've slowly, you know, women, girls can't go to school now past sixth grade and they just keep giving excuses like, oh, we're working on it. Well, yeah, even in the beginning when this (laughs) happened last year, when, when the troops were leaving and stuff, they were still, you know, even in the news then they were saying like, sure, they're saying this there, but they're not actually going to, you know, uphold, like stick with that (laughs) plan. They're not going to give people this freedom anymore. Well, it was like, it's just terrible. It was like Donald Trump. Everybody was like, okay, we'll just let him, let him become president. You got to let him in there, give him a chance. Maybe he won't be as bad as we think. Everybody says that because what else are you going to say in the moment when you feel like helpless and you can't do anything about it? And a lot of people like to give people a chance. Same thing. Let's give the Taliban a chance. Maybe they'll be different this time. No, they've never been different. And I've been listening to a lot of female activists who are there and there's a new book coming out. I'm going to get that uh, hears from a lot of women over there and their perspectives because we've had some people, you know, Canada's accepted some immigrants from there, but not enough. And there's so much red tape. And that's one of the groups that when, you know, if they come over here, you know, they would have a different situation with healthcare than you and I would. And we have to keep that stuff in mind because Outlook does talk a lot about intersectionalities because I believe it's important. We can't just put our heads in the sand as white people and pretend that everything's hunky-dory for everyone because it isn't. And we know what that's like as people with disabilities. We know what that's like when- But I think it's interesting when you say people like to give people a chance. I don't necessarily agree with that unless it is like, sometimes if it is like a president or something, and again, very privileged, you know, coming from, you know, billions of dollars, like when there's so much money behind it all. But it's like, we talk about all the time that unemployment, like- rate is so high for for people with disabilities so i don't think people give people a chance in a lot of cases either so it's it's weird when you look at that well that dynamic between people seeming that way in one in one regard and then other times it doesn't feel like that but, but but that's what i'm talking about there's no there's no equity there right of course we want to give people a chance but we don't give everybody a chance so it isn't it isn't equal across the board right. so that's why it's it's a silly thing to say you you do have to see you know listen to watch what people do not what they say necessarily but yeah we we give certain people a chance and not others so yeah yeah it's a it's an ongoing thing obviously and politics is an area that we keep wanting to get more involved with and you know, I do need to make a call to my MPP in the fall at some point just to just introduce myself mainly and not even, I think, again, I don't want to overthink it. I just want to reach out and, you know, just, you know, make them aware that I'm blind and I'm living in this community and a couple of my concerns, perhaps, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the city and, and just just to get the ball rolling and to get a start. And I think that's that's part of it sometimes is, you know, it's a lot of things Absolutely. in life. It's just jumping in and, and giving it a try. But um yeah, so I guess we did get pretty serious there, but like you say, it is important to, to bring these things up because they are in the news and, you know, we're not going to go on and on about the news every show, but we do need to mention it occasionally because it's, you know, I get it. A lot of people are fatigued and especially over the summer, I notice I've kind of cut back from the news a little bit from where I was, you know, maybe a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like we talk about extremes I was talking about earlier, one way or the other. It's like, it's good to have a middle ground. You don't want to be always listening to the news, but it is important to know what is going on out there. Well, of course, people, you know, want to have fun in the summer now that COVID's eased a bit and people are really having fun this summer and I don't blame them. But, you know, the world keeps spinning round and round and Russia, China, you know, the Pope visiting Canada, it just keeps coming at you, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. What do you think, Kara? I think maybe it's time now for uh, for a little break. Sounds good. Here on Outlook. All right. So we are going to take a break now. And we'll be right back with more of today's program. 
Radio Western. And welcome back here on uh, Outlook. Hey, Care. Yes, we're back on Radio Western this morning on a Monday morning, middle of August. And we have some family again visiting from Toronto this week, our niece and nephew. So that should be fun. <laughs> There's a lot of excitement when they're here and our, our other two niece and nephew who live around here. Yeah, Everybody a couple, gets together. couple of busy days coming up tomorrow on Wednesday. But yeah, I guess we're pretty much smack dab in the middle of the month, right? It's the 15th today. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember the date. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, it's the, it's the 15th. Um, well, I think there's like 31 days, but... True, but so I guess not quite in the middle yet, but close, very, very close. But I just wanted to mention <laughs> briefly then, so you're mentioning uh, uh, our brother and uh, his family. So they actually went to the Jays game yesterday, and I thought just being summer now, and uh, I won't get too long, long into baseball, but just mentioning baseball is a summery thing for me that I've gotten into the past 10 years listening to games and and uh, fantasy baseball I haven't mentioned on the show in a while and still still playing that right now and it's been going pretty good I'm, I'm third place in the in the league with uh, with my brother and uh, or our brother I guess <laughs> we're, we're siblings so our older brother um, and some of my friends and his friends I'm third place in that one and uh, a bit lower in this I'm also in a public league but it's just a lot of fun but anyway during the weekend uh, unfortunately they lost yesterday the game that uh, our brother and family were at uh. and uh but um, they won Saturday, so they won one out of the. They three can games never go back. I think they're bad luck charms. This weekend, but I think our, our niece said the the Blue Jays are trash or something. That was her quote. That oh. said. <laughs> well, she's almost more competitive than you. Yeah, so she's probably just mad that they lost. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I couldn't disagree with her at the moment. I mean, she didn't. Oh. Unfortunately, she didn't get to see when they were hot. But I I did confirm. That's I was a, like, you guys still did have a good time though, right? And he's like, yeah, we had a great time. So. <laughs> It's, like, it's a bit of a harsh word to use. I know, but, right? It's it's just funny when you when you do hear. It's like we talked about seeing uh, our nieces and nephews, and just I remember, you know, I remember when I was eleven, twelve years old, oh, and it's I know. it's weird. It feels like so long ago, yet not long ago, and uh, it's just well, right in two thousand in two thousand. So in this in the year of two thousand twenty two, I'm celebrating twenty five years since my kidney transplant. And when all of that started in ninety six, ninety seven, I was her. I was our niece's age when that all started. So I'm just happy to see that you know she's healthy and and doing well and thriving and happy and yeah. very very opinionated. But you know, yeah, she doesn't keep things in very much. She's pretty pretty honest. Um, which is a good thing, but you know it'll be interesting to see how that how that changes throughout life, I guess. But um, speaking of our nieces and nephews, maybe we should oh, quickly yeah. mention a recent a recent birthday that we'll be celebrating this week. Actually, again, well, two well, yeah, been two birthdays in August, actually. It, right, but what one of them is is ten years is a ten year mark, so that one's sort of very special. True. But, uh, Max turned nine on the first, and then. Reed turned 10 just last Wednesday on the 10th and 10 on the 10th. And when I did had my 10 on the 10th birthday, what does that call your golden birthday? Uh, I went to McDonald's and had a McDonald's party. So. <laughs> well, I guess um, I, I did have my 30th birthday on the 30th because, I, yeah, my birthday is March 30th. Yeah. But I don't specifically remember that day being like, oh, cool, 30, 30, which for me in my math mind, you think that'd be something. I well, you, jump you right did on. just say recently you started your radio show when you turned 30, didn't you? Yeah. I but did. you didn't start it on your birthday. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's another thing I guess I've been up to, my radio show. Keeping busy with the music show. Took a couple weeks off of Chin Music, the show I do here on Fridays. But then I did do a five-hour show to celebrate five years on the air. It was July of 2017 that I started that. It's before Outlook, just over a year before we started Outlook. So yeah, it's just 
again, we're thinking of time and passing and the fact that it was five years ago now, over five years that I started here in the studio, and it's uh, come a long way for sure over those years. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought before we do get into this uh, other topic for today, I'd quickly mention uh, about the past month and the other thing that I've been up to, the main thing is is music, getting back into playing a bit more music, which I think is also partly why I was feeling a little uh, off from my radio show there for a few weeks. And I think it's just like anything we talked about earlier about fatigue, doing anything, even things you love. T- week after week, it does get exhausting sometimes. And, and uh, I think using my mind to discover music, which is a big thing for me, listening to other bands and finding all these bands, is creating music, which is almost a different mindset when you're making your own music. And um, I'd mentioned before, a friend of mine that I've, I've known since grade three was back, moved to England, but uh, was back here for a month. And so we had uh, seven jams, I think, within like less than a month, just about. So it's rare that we can actually find time. It's so tough when you're, when you're older to be able to practice as a band. And that's why a lot of people end up doing solo stuff or things on their own, right? Because it's, it's a lot to organize everyone's schedules. The older you get, people start having kids and, and whatever it may be. But uh, the fact that we could go and get in that many jams within a month and you know get three songs done and we have tons more ideas for more songs and uh, just been a very sort of creative month. So it's been a lot of fun, but also exhausting in its own way. So it's uh, my friend flew back to England this week. So the, the month has come to an end now and it's just been, it's been a very productive few weeks for me and it's been, it's been great, I've I found, this summer. Because it's kind of all unexpected circumstance. It was an unfortunate circumstance that my friend uh, came back. Some health issues. Uh, luckily, his, his uh, mom's doing okay, but um, it was just nice to be able to have this opportunity to, to play music. And we talk about, like you say, the world and everything being so stressful and that course that, that you were taking or where, that speaking engagement you had last night, that sounded very relaxed. And both of these methods are just, you know, like... Outlets. Yeah, they're outlets. Great word from from the writer over there, Carrie. Kajuski and um, also it's just the yeah with everything being so intense in the world music is just a way to kind of get away from it all and it, to get away from disability a bit you know I'm not thinking about blindness when I'm playing in my in my band even though you know I, I do play my guitar slightly differently um, but it's still it's just like I'm just with my friends who happen to be able to see and I happen to be blind but we're just all hanging out and playing music and you know we're not talking about disability rights and stuff <laughs> because we're just having but a good as, time, I, so. as I said, you're lucky to have found a group of friends who have something, a shared interest like that, right? I don't have that same thing. I have writer friends and certain things, but so I guess I do in a way, but it's not like ones that I've grown up with since childhood and, and ones that I've had long, long term that are in sort of nearby me. It's just, yeah, things are so spread out now with the world and the internet that I have a lot of online people I've met through my travels and my you know, different things I've done that, uh, yeah. And we talk so about that nice. quite a bit on the show too, about how, you know, for a lot of anyone, it's hard, I think, to meet people. I mean, some people easier than others. Some people are more extroverted and just seem to have that skill more natural. But it's also being blind does make it hard to meet people. And that's why you do end up finding a lot of blind people know people from different countries or because they end up meeting people online. It's hard to meet people in your own area, especially the older you get and, you know, because a lot of that comes through routines and working at the same place or meeting somebody at work. There's so many different scenarios, but it's it's tough. And like you say, sometimes you're just, you luck out, like in my case, to meet these friends from so long ago and still have a bunch of friends from childhood. It's 
pretty rare, I think, for a lot of people. So it isn't, it's definitely not something I take for granted, but. Mm-hmm. But, you know, moving on there from something to something a little more chill and creative and fun. And hopefully we'll put some music up on, on online. We still don't quite have a band name for this new project. So we're always thinking, trying to think of names and we do want to put at least a demo up online sometime. But that's been good. Cool. A bit of a productive summer. All right. Well, the next two guests for the next few weeks on Outlook, uh, we're going to talk a lot about this topic, audio description, image descriptions. Uh, and so today we have a clip that was sent to us by two people who have started this, sur- they're launching this survey through the Disability Visibility Project in the U.S. And uh, they're podcasters and multimedia, they're artists, they're sound people, they're creatives. And we have a clip to for them to tell everybody what they're up to. I don't know, Brian, you want to? Yeah, so let's get, get them to introduce themselves and then we'll give a bit more background after after this promo that uh, they've graciously Sounds sent good. us to, to play on air here. Hi, I'm Cheryl Green. And I'm Thomas Reed. Do You don't look like Cheryl Green. What do you mean? Well, I mean, Cheryl, she's got hair on her head, kind of curly, medium-length brown hair, and... She's got black frame glasses and olive skin. Hmm, okay. Now that you say that, you don't sound like Thomas Reed. I think he's a brown-skinned black man with a shaven head and wears shades and has a full beard and might be wearing like a Wu-Tang Clan t-shirt or something like that. But we are both disabled podcasters. We, do you think we should say podcasters with disabilities? Oh, ooh, <laughs> oh. You know what? Let's do a podcast about that. Mmm, good idea. Actually, Thomas and I are working on a project that's all about disabled podcasts. It's called... Oh, wait. Well, we don't actually have the name yet, right? What should we call it? We should call it Project Project. Yeah, I love it. Project Project. Or like, I don't know, Pod Access. Okay, we'll go with Pod Access for now. With funding from the Disability Visibility Project, we're creating a space for disabled podcasters or content creators to connect with each other, maybe be discovered by audiences who are interested in your content, or share skills and resources. So we want to hear from you, current or former deaf or disabled podcasters, deaf or disabled people interested in starting a podcast, or consumers of content about disability or deafness. We created a survey that should only take about 20 minutes to complete. And we'd really love your feedback. You can find the survey at https colon slash slash bit.ly slash pod access. On that survey, you can sign up to receive more information about Project Project as it develops. Again, fill out the survey at https colon slash slash bit.ly slash p-o-d-a-c-c-e-s-s. Ah, nice job, Cheryl. Ah, you too, Thomas. <laughs> so thanks to Thomas and, and uh, Cheryl for for sending that in and uh, allowing us to play that on air. Pretty pretty interesting little promo they have there, right, Care? Yeah, nice back and forth between the two of them. Uh-huh. So, um... Yeah, so how did you connect with... So it was Cheryl Green was the one who was uh, messaging us and sent us 
uh, an MP3 of this promo. I think there's it's also up on YouTube. We'll we'll share a few links in the uh, in the podcast notes for this episode today. Um, a link to the survey, which was mentioned in there, which you can find at https colon bit dot ly slash pod access. Yeah, I mean, I took the survey already for us, but I think it says you, you know you'd be welcome. Yeah, I'm probably going to do it as well because it, it it will ask some questions. I think. I mean, you've taken it, so you'd know a bit more. I did kind of look at the intro for it. That um, everyone could have a slightly different sort of opinion on some of the some of the questions they ask. So they, I think, they're kind of right now just sort of looking for as much feedback because this is, as you could tell by that promo, they're just kind of getting this off the ground, and it. I don't think it's officially live yet. Um, pod access then is is that their title? I was slightly confused on that. Um, because it sounded like they were, so. yeah, because it sounded like they were kind of looking for a title in there, and it was sort of a fun, <laughs> fun little joke in there to, to. Well, it reminds me of your band, your band's debate, <laughs> names. You got to come up with a name. Yeah, it's name always the, the idea is one thing, right? This, it's like I know kind of sometimes what I want to do, and of course that always gets fleshed out as you go along too. But it's always the naming that I struggle with. Uh, I'm, and again, like you say, sometimes it comes to you, but oftentimes you do have to kind of think about it quite a bit before. And it's, well, it's because it's making decisions and, you know, you're not always the best at that. You've met, admitted. So that's one of the things where it's like, you feel like you're settling on something. You're not even naming your own, you know, child you've, you've given birth to. Right. That's, you know, that must be a big decision. You're giving somebody a name for their life, but this is still, you know, your music is your baby or, you know, whatever might be important to you. And so it, it matters. And they didn't want to wait maybe until they had the name to put out this promo and to get the ball rolling. But yeah, I think they've settled because it's in the address there. Right. But so. you never know. Um, no, I, I, well, yeah. So Cheryl reached out to us on our Facebook page and that was appreciated. And, uh, but I'd, I've been listening to Thomas for a while. Uh, he's got a, a show, a podcast himself called Read My Mind Radio. And Reed is R-E-I-D. It's like our nephew's name is Reed. Yeah, well, that's R-E-D. his last name. So it's a nice play on, yeah. on words there. So wait, well, did you yeah. did you know Cheryl then? Did you know who she was or she just reached out, somehow came across no. us? In recent months, I've heard whenever I hear shows put, put out by him or things on social media, she's often mentioned. So they, they, they've started team, they do work together. So I've started hearing her name being mentioned, but it started by me finding Re, uh, Read My Mind Radio. I've heard a few episodes and like you, I think he's got an excellent radio voice. Both of you uh, would sound pretty good on a <laughs> something together. But uh, I just started listening to his show and just because like I said, I want to get hear perspectives from all kinds of people. And he went blind later in life, unlike you and I were born with conditions with blindness. So uh, I've been listening to him for a while in his show. And and so then I followed him and and found about, found out about this survey. And uh, he, he's been on a lot of panels I've attended about audio description because he's an audio describer and audio guy. And so he's been on some panels I've, I've, I've been in attendance for. So yeah, no, that's great. It's just like you say that you make so many connections. The more you go along, and the you meet this person, then they connect you with this person, or you just you never know who you might tag in a post and and who might see it. And and so this, uh, you can also email them podaccess at gmail dot com if you do have any questions. Like I, like I said, we will post the link in in the podcast notes to the to the survey. And it just sounds like such a great thing that they're doing to create this database of disabled podcasters, and you know, just to have this hub is what they also called it in a. And in a, another podcast I was listening to that had both of them on, actually, um, and they got their funding through this disability visibility project, which I hadn't even heard of. And they have a huge website, um, but uh, I guess so. This Pod Access they want to have this database for podcasters, 
um, who, are disabil- who have disabilities and a learning resource hub. So just a really great way to network and all be in one place. And you kind of mentioned it sounds kind of similar. A lot of the podcasts, a lot of people are trying to do these networks to be able to kind of give people behind each other and kind of working together. Because, you know, there are so many podcasts out there and it is trying to figure out how to get more financial help with some of these things and to really be aware that they're out there because you know even since starting our show we, we've discovered AT Banter and all of these shows that we didn't even know about before and it's trying to really get the word out is hard sometimes because there's just so much out there well like radio's been around for obviously a long time and this is sort of a 21st century version of it and it's it's a new medium in a lot of ways. It's hot right now, but it's new and everybody's trying to figure out how you can fund it and keep it going. And, you know, it's it's not all about the big the big networks. You know, CBC has a whole, you know, database of podcasts and that's great. I've listened to many of them, uh, but it's, you know, there are other people as, as this survey talks about with disabilities who, who aren't getting as much attention, different uh, intersectionalities and different diverse groups that maybe aren't being heard. And so we're trying to give everybody a shot at that. So it's great what they're trying to put together, yeah. Yeah, and I think it is one of these things that actually comes up. I heard um, both Cheryl and Thomas on this podcast. I just want to also give this podcast a shout out. It's called Down to the Struts. And they were on a, a recent episode of that that uh, podcast announcing this new uh, hub that they're they're starting up here. And they also just talked a lot about the early days. They've been around um for quite a while in the podcasting world Thomas was talking about the very beginning 2004 2005 like when you know hardly anybody was talking about podcasts and how a lot of blind people were behind streaming in the early days of the internet and stuff like that and and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's still the the the, the, bi- the big issue I think that we talk about a little bit too is that it's still and it's getting more coverage and I think it will but the problem is it has to be people with lived experiences involved because sure it'll be great if, if the CBC you know had a show about disabilities more or started having more shows about it but it also depends on who's behind this because this stuff still doesn't seem to be, be as mainstream as it should be and you know we've mentioned that here in Canada I think with AMI Accessible Media Incorporated nothing wrong with them at all it's great to have that network but I still kind of feel like that's sort of its own separate thing rather than having it incorporated into the mainstream to where it's an outlet that anyone would access, not necessarily just people that have a disability might, may have heard of. Um, well, generally, generally communities who aren't feeling heard or feeling isolated, they will seek each other out if they're not getting, you know, pushing through, <clears throat> excuse me, and they will find each other. And then they end up having their own little community, but it's often separate. Like you say, AMI, people sort of, go to their corner and sort of with their community. And so the debate becomes, should we be in the mainstream? Do we need to all work together? Or do we need, do do people of different groups need to find each other and and support each other if the rest of the world won't, won't give them a chance. It's, it's hard to know where to be in, in that, in that, uh, you know, separation of things because See that we, to me makes me think need to work together to go back to the, this whole balance. I think it's great to have a network, separate networks yeah. too, that pe- all people with a disability can go to and, and connect. Um, but I think that the problem is, I think now what I'm noticing is, and I think by doing that, and it's hard to get things done by yourself. And that's when we got involved with Canadian Federation of the Blind too. It was like, oh, we're working with other people, and again, it's having that balance because that works a lot of times, but other times it is tricky to work 
when you're doing something more individual can be a little bit more, you know, you can have a set goal and kind of work towards it a little bit easier sometimes. But uh, I do think it's right now, I think we're lacking the mainstream a little bit. So I think that should be a big focus yet to really be able to have an impact on the mainstream. I think more blind people and people, other disability people with all disabilities, of course, working together can, can help that to start happening. So it's a, I don't know. I don't quite know how you get there, but I, I think it's getting, it's getting closer and closer because all of these diversities and intersectionalities are being talked about more than they ever have been. So, well, we're coming to the last ten minutes or so of Outlook today, and so I'm not really going to be able to get into it too much. And hopefully, we'll have some of these people on uh, Outlook in, in the future, and we can discuss this stuff more in depth. But you know, they talk about a really important issue about, uh, as we talked about early in the show, about Zoom and whether you should give an image description of yourself to others to make things more equal. And a lot of blind people spoke up right away and said, as far as the wider world being like, we don't need to know what your gender is, she, her, him, his. The same with giving yourself a, des- a description of, for others because people are like, why do we need to bring attention to that stuff? It's visual and a lot of blind people I think took it as, you know, <sighs> blind people don't care. It's not about that for us. It's not about the visual, it's not about and, and and that's the whole thing I've talked about for a while on these diversity panels I've tried to put together and different topics bringing everybody together is there are blind people of different races and different religions and different genders and sexualities and we can't just pretend that the, that other stuff doesn't matter and I think blind people think well we don't care about visuals we don't we're trying not to make it all about the visual all the time but that that's happening see, that's coming from a lot of white people who see think one it's word important. I think we need to change, which I just said it, is we. Because I think, again, that's assuming, that's making an assumption. When you say we as a as one person, then you automatically are taking this role of speaking for all of us. And I don't think, again, I think in this world sometimes we, we it's people like to complain, it seems. And if something doesn't quite connect with them, it's sometimes it's they want to be like oh we don't need this or we whereas you you don't need this is what you're technically saying i don't want this Mm -hmm. to say we as blind people and sure for me not having as much visual maybe i don't think about it as much as you but at the same point i tend to i do kind of like these these visual descriptions at the beginning and of course if you were paying attention to that promo which uh we should be able to share the youtube link in the the podcast notes if you want to check it out again but they give image descriptions of themselves and it is helpful. I, I, I do kind of like it because it is something we're missing out on as blind people. And again, it's one of these things. If you don't know you're missing out on it, then maybe you think, oh, it doesn't matter. And again, you do really bring up a great point about, about race and how it's easy for a lot of white people to say, oh, like, this isn't important. Who cares? It's just, and of course, like in this idealistic world, people think, oh, we want to have this world where nobody talks about race. Everyone's just this. We all agree on everything or I don't know what the word is. Like we're all the same. Technically, we're all human. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And by just trying to pretend well, that we are, we are all human. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm getting on a bit of a, a bit of a rant here. So sometimes I <laughs> lose my train of thought. Plus you kind of rushed me there a second ago. But um, I think it is, it is just one of those things that of course these things matter. It's, I don't understand why people are so, it should be the opposite. We should be like, and again, it's everyone's choice. I'm never, I would never tell someone else what to think, but I think there's a bit of, maybe a little bit of discrimination or a little bit of, you know, feelings. If you're not accepting that this is, these are problems, then you're kind of 
not being honest because you're just like, oh, this stuff doesn't matter when um, Thomas Reed, you know, points out. So there's this article, which we'll also share in the notes. And like you said, <laughs> maybe we rambled on, talked too much. We didn't even get to this whole thing, but um, it's written by Thomas Reed. And it's actually on this disability visibility website, which you can find at disabilityvisibilityproject.com. And it's called Making a Case for Self-Description. It's not about eye candy. And this is by Thomas Reed. And Eye candy. Yeah. Funny term. I've always found that kind of a weird term. But Thomas talks about, you know, as a black, as a black man, that this is important to him. And, you know, it's, it's something that he does think about. And he used to have vision and he lost, lost his sight due to cancer. And now these are things. And some people might say, oh, you're hanging on to this thing from your past. But at the same point, it's like, why shouldn't we be given this information? And, and to say that it's not relevant, it kind of is. And a lot of people that can see would just are, uh, automatically see that. You know, and it's not. Well, yeah, go, go on. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your. I, I don't know if there's a better word than rant. So that word can be kind of have some negative connotations. Now, we're, like we're coming up to the end of the show here today, and, and this stuff has to be continued to be talked about. But I, I think you know we're going to put that article in the notes because he really says it all better than we probably can. It, but it's. Yeah, he's had to live with the fact that he's a black man all his life. He can't get away from that, right? And now blindness is on top of it and disability, and he's learning how well, to deal with all that. Sorry, that to, sorry to interrupt, but it's kind of like people who say, like, you know, in one moment people are like, oh, we want to talk more about blindness. We want to be open about our blindness. And then sometimes people don't want to talk about it. But to me, this is the same as not talking about, if you don't talk about race, to me, it's like, it's not, the, you can't compare the two things. But it, in, it, I think it has the same results if you don't, ever talk about it to blind people it's this whole assumption that oh blind people can't be racist or something because they can't see which is total nonsense unfortunately <laughs> you know if that was true that might be that'd be a good thing we don't you know races racism's just that awful would be, but it's that would be a different situation but i've been studying a lot about this stuff as i say continuing to study about intersectionality and yeah it's you know we can't just pretend that because we're blind we're immune from all of that because it's good it goes deeper than just what you see it's what you've been socialized and brought up to believe and what who you've been around and, and who you know of different intersectionalities and so you know we'd love to talk more about this if anybody ever wants to we give our email out at the end of the show here uh, last few minutes of outlook today and thanks for tuning in uh, so you know email us and uh, we can have a, more of a dialogue about it from different perspectives because we're not always going to get it right we admit that you know, perfectionism is is a trap we all fall into, and it's the same with all this stuff. And I think that's the goal I'm trying to we're trying to come across with this show is to talk about this important stuff, but also make make people realize that we're not, you know, we're we're not like experts on on this stuff. We're just discussing it, and we want to have it as a casual form, so it doesn't feel overly professional in the sense of sometimes when something's too overproduced and professional, it just it doesn't have that organic feel to it doesn't feel as real so we want it to be honest and real so yeah we're not getting all this right we're a lot of it is live and we're speaking in the moment so you know sometimes like certain things I said there when you get sort of worked up in this discussion but I think it is definitely something we should discuss more because I pretty much copied this entire article in my notes but maybe you know we wanted to have Thomas and Cheryl on the show eventually so maybe if we had Thomas on we could discuss this article since he wrote it anyway and have more of a discussion from from someone else instead of just you and I going back and forth on it because it 
it is such a, but it does really seem to get, you know, there's been so many Facebook threads when this gets brought up where so many people are arguing about it, blind people. Some people are just like, no, we don't need this. I hate this. And other people, it's like, <laughs> how does anyone, like, I don't know. I'm just not that strongly opinionated about something. Like, I think the, the one point that I do want to quick mention that is brought up in this article is the fact that nobody should really, should be forced to do it because it is a vulnerable, can be vulnerable for some people to, to sit, you know, describe themselves and, and you don't have, and that's the difference. I think sometimes people, again, it's the balance thing, but sometimes it's saying like, oh, it should be required. And I don't know about that. Cause I feel like that's well, the problem. We're making a one. It, it needs to be required. Well, required is a bit of a I know, it's all a, or nothing term. Yeah. Com- that's the problem. Company, companies didn't need to take charge. It shouldn't be down to the blind person to say, can we please have more accessibility, more equality and access, you know, access in this event or this work meeting, whatever it is. We, you know, the companies need to take charge, but yeah, people shouldn't, you, you can never force somebody to, to describe themselves in ways that they don't want to, or that they don't feel comfortable talking about. So yeah, you know, blind people have had this debate in the Braille Monitor at the National Federation of the Blind. You know, it's all been debated and it's going to continue to be, but I've heard great points and hopefully we can talk more to others who can discuss this with us further on weeks to come. As I said, coming up in the next few weeks, we have a few people where we'll be talking about audio description and image descriptions, and this stuff comes up all the time in that now, and it, as it should. All right. Well, we'll be talking about that more next week then for sure, and we'll share all the links that we've talked about today in the podcast notes. And here we go, and uh, we'll, we'll be back with more Outlook next week. Have a good week, everyone. Send us an email. Outlook on RadioWestern at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. <laughs>